Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu. We are experiencing in the world right now an enormous amount of difficulty, an enormous amount of grief, an enormous amount of anger, an enormous amount of revenge, an enormous amount of self-righteousness, an enormous amount of conflict between people, between ideologies, between ways to approach things. In essence, the world is bristling. Everybody is on edge. Everybody is waving their flag. Everybody is insisting on their set of values. And everyone is explaining, some with words and some with bullets, why the other ones are wrong. And we are caught in the middle of all this. Now, it's been said over and over and over that the larger pictures are often representations of the smaller pictures. So we have this worldly conflict and we also have this individual difficulty. All of us are dealing with the difficulties in our own lives. We are all succumb to the decrees of old age. We are all succumb to the decrees of the vulnerability to disease, the breakdown of our immune systems, we are all succumb to the difficulties of the emotional entrapments that we find ourselves in relationships. The world is a hot mess, and it's a stew that we're all boiling in, one way or another. And I believe that this stew has been fomenting since the Garden, the Garden of Eden. Difficulties have constantly been thrown at us, and difficulties have constantly been in the forefront 
of our progress, in the forefront of our path. People threw thistles in the path of the prophet, peace and blessings be upon him. He couldn't walk from his door to the next door without having to be wary of someone trying to impinge pain on him. We live in a life of thistles being thrown in our paths. And the world lives a life of having thistles thrown in our paths. And what's interesting is the thistle throwers call the thistles truth and defend them and give them high-sounding names and give them high-sounding reasons. In addition to the world's difficulties being thrown all over the place, we have to deal with the decrees that have been set down by Allah, by God, as to the nature of this existence. And this existence is limited by its very essence. We have bodies that dissipate. We have difficulties that arise in our bodies. And as you look around the world, it doesn't take long to notice that everybody in it disappears. And even though youth think they are immortal, they even have to deal with watching the portion of society that isn't youthful disappear. And if they're thinking people, they begin to realize that all of this is a reflection of them. So here we are in the midst of grief, in the midst of lamentation, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of a program that seems to have been set up to make things difficult. Yet, we are told that Allah is merciful. And all of the prophets have reiterated to us over and over that Allah is merciful. And even though bombs are being dropped by the Syrians on Syrians, Allah is merciful. And even though bombs are being dropped by the Americans and the French in Iraq, Allah is merciful. And even though people are being killed in the streets in Europe, by people waving the flag of righteousness. Allah is merciful. How do we come to grips 
all of this. Our friends are dying before our eyes. Our loved ones are decreed to disappear. Everything that we see and that we feel about and that we are attached to is in turmoil. How do we come to grips with all of this? We need to change our perception of reality. The physical senses and that which the physical senses encounter is not the reality that we are meant to encounter. That's the reality that's called illusion, and that's the reality that we are meant to escape. And unless we make an effort to escape that reality, we will fall into the trap of making that our life. So then, the bombs dropping in Syria become our life. The bombs dropping in Iraq become our life. The murders in Europe become our life. The disagreements between religions become our life. The need to be superior to others and (coughs) to do whatever is necessary to maintain that superiority becomes our life. Grief and lamentation become our life. And the only way to alter our life is to alter our perception and to understand that that which we see is not real and that which we cannot see is where reality abides. And we have to make the transformation to that reality. The word for reality, God's reality, in Islam, in Arabic, is haq. Now, say the word haq. There's a guttural clog when the word haq is said. You can't breathe. So if you stayed in haq, you would fade away from this world. And Hak does fade away from this world. As long as there's breath, reality and illusion are in an interplay that we have to overcome. When breath is finished, this illusory world (laughs) becomes finished with it. 
But we need to somehow find a way to escape all of the pathways to grief and lamentation that the world sets for us. And the only way out of this is absolute faith. Faith to believe in what we can't see. Faith to believe in what the prophets have told us. Faith to believe in that the journey that we're on now is only a part of the entirety of what is actually going on. Faith to understand that reality can't be seen by the eyes or heard by the ears or touched by our hands. Reality exists in Rahman and Rahim. Reality exists in Latif and Kabir. Reality exists in Shakur and Salam. Reality exists in qualities. And qualities don't have shadows. Everything we see has shadows. So we need to shift our belief system to the world without shadows. We have to have absolute faith in the world without shadows. We have to stop taking our sucker from this world. We have to stop taking our satisfaction from this world. We have to stop needing this world in order to feel alive. We have to be able to feel alive through Rahman. We have to be able to feel alive through Rahim. Mercy and compassion and love should be what excites us and what ignites us. What brings us into being as opposed to the imaginary lusts, the 64 arts that we believe bring us into being. Lust brings some into being. Fame brings some into being. Power brings some into being. Screaming the names of God while killing people is a kind of lust that is brought into being through a belief that religion is something else than it truly is. When Ali was fighting in defense of the Prophet, he was in a sword fight with one of his adversaries who spit in his face. And Ali dismantled the man's sword and was about to stab him and stopped. And the man said, why don't you kill me? He said, because when you spit at me, I was in anger. And as soon as anger crossed my being, I no longer had the right to participate in holiness or in holy war. If people understood that, there would be great changes in the world. But now, anger is part of belief. Anger is part of why we do things. And anger and revenge seem to be rationalizations for acts 
that are beyond the pale, beyond that which is permissible, beyond that which makes any sense. But then we see things every day that seem to be beyond the pale, that seem to be beyond what makes sense. We see our loved ones torn apart by disease. We see our loved ones passing from our eyes for no reason. But there is a decree on this world. And the decree is that we come here for a temporary stay. And then we move on. We live in a bubble. And the bubble bursts. Yet so many people think they're going to alter the nature of this bubble. They are going to create some sort of utopia in this bubble by killing other people. They're going to create some sort of utopia in this bubble by imposing their will. It's not their bubble. And just because they claim a religion... The religion doesn't belong to them. Allah is in charge. And Allah will stay in charge. Allah doesn't need our defense. Allah needs and asks for, doesn't need, but he asks for our devotion. He asks for our prayer and he asks for our belief. But we've altered that into believing that he asks for our defense. Allah does not become humiliated. We become humiliated and then ask and do things that are not permissible to resolve that humiliation. This is not Allah's humiliation. It's our humiliation. If we take ourselves and hide ourselves within Allah, there is only His power. He is hidden. We need to become hidden. He can't be seen. Can you imagine if we weren't seen? If we didn't have to constantly make a splash so that the world knows what it is that we're doing, what it is that we're contemplating, what it is that we're attempting, what it is that we see as the way things should be. This world is ruled by the hidden ones. This world is run by the hidden ones. We need to become the hidden ones. And to do that, We need to become small. And we need to become accepting. And we need to become forgiving. Whatever Allah puts in our path, He meant to put in our path. And it is our duty to accept the trials and tribulations of this existence and to move forward to move forward hidden and smiling. Hidden 
and accepting, hidden and resigned to His peace. Because when we are hidden within Him, we become Salam. We become peace. We become Rahman. We become mercy. We become Rahim. We become compassion. There's no other way. Everything else is grief and lamentation. And there is a time for grief in this world, but that time for grief should be short, and we should immediately return to the glory that is our Lord's, to the glory that is reality. We have to understand that glory, live that glory, be that glory, and don't allow the world in the big picture or the small picture to interfere with that. Be Salam. Be peace. It's who you are. You are God's qualities. Be God's qualities. Reside in God's qualities. Live in God's qualities. Exult in God's qualities. Rise in God's qualities. See through God's qualities. Feel through God's qualities. Forgive with God's qualities. Accept with God's qualities. Love with God's qualities. And hand out God's qualities to the world. May that be our way. Amen. Amen. Assalamu alaikum.